Would you please join me in prayer as we begin our message for today? Lord God, thank you for gathering us together as your people in this place at this time. We know that we are gathered for a purpose, Lord, that you've brought us together to learn from you, to experience the power of your Holy Spirit, and experience your love. So bless us today, bless this time as we dive into your scriptures, Lord, and as we learn what it means to persevere through difficult times in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's so good to be with you all this morning and worshiping with you and getting a chance to share this message with you this morning from Acts. And we're, we've been studying Acts for quite a while now, like this whole school year. And as I've been preparing for this, I keep thinking about how we're on this journey with Paul and he just keeps going from place to place to place to place to place and going through so much. And so we're really learning what it means to persevere like Paul um, or to keep going, keep pressing on. And today we get to dive into what it looks like for Paul to reach a moment when he finds Jews, the Berean Jews, who are eager to learn more about Jesus Christ. For me in my own life, I'm kind of exiting a season of persevering. This May, I get to graduate from the Master's Institute with my Master's of Divinity degree, which means I will have completed my degree to become a pastor. And this has been a really long journey for me and my family. Um, Andrew started seminary when Annabelle, who is now eight years old, was just a baby. And after he did four years of seminary, then I immediately jumped in and have now finished five years of seminary. So between the two of us, we have had nine years of seminary in our life and have had another child on top of that that's come into the mix. So for the last five years, I have been plugged into school with just about every spare moment that I could have. And so I just want to give you a picture of what my life looks like, or did look like. Um, that's my bookshelf right now, and my chair that I sit in, and those are all the books, not all of them, there's more, um, but that Andrew and I have collected through seminary and all of the books and resources that we have studied. And um, so my life for the last five years um, in my seminary program has looked like this. Around eight hours of seminar work each week, an hour and a half of scripture practicum each week, an hour and a half of spiritual formation each week, 15 hours of internship work each week, which was my time working here, um, one to two hours of mentoring per week, yearly projects that I had to do, and that doesn't include the homework, which was weekly papers, plus typically reading two or more books at any given time. And so it was like a full-time job almost, like approximately 30 hours a week was plugged into seminary work um, for the last five years. Now, give and take, some of those things were like three-year programs, and some were just um, one project throughout the school year. But for the most part, I was really engaged in schoolwork, um, really busy reading, and every spare moment I was working on papers and writing, and that's on top of being a wife and raising my family. Um, Talk about a difficult and long, long season. And so throughout those five years, there were times, yeah, when things were a little slower. There were times when I was doing multiple classes on top of each other in the summers even, just to kind of keep up so that I could graduate in five years. And then um, there were times when things were really well and I had seasons of just a little bit of slower season. 
Needless to say, though, it was really difficult. And I would say, though, throughout the journey, I have found myself learning and growing so much. Every single class I would take, I'd be like, yes, this is the best class ever. I'm, I'm just couldn't wait to learn more and absorb more. And now that I have officially completed my coursework, I, I'm all of a sudden like, I, I still don't know anything. <laughs> like, there is still so much more to learn. And I feel like that's the story for all of us. Like, as Christians, we will never fully know everything there is about God and Jesus and the scriptures. And that's why we're called to just keep studying and keep diving in. And so this season was one of persevering for me. There were times when things were really difficult and I had to go get help, get therapy, and I actually learned that a lot of masters and doctorate level students have to go get therapy <laughs> because it's really difficult. There were many tears shed, anxiety-filled days, late nights, times away from my family. Um, as I was approaching the end of the season, my kids kept saying, oh, you're almost done with schoolwork, so you'll have more time for us? And it's like, yes, yes, that time is coming, and now that it's come, um, I do have more time. I get to enter into this new season of rest, of investing more here at Emmanuel, or um, having time to do other activities or spend time with my friends. So a question I want to pose to you all today is, what experience do you have with perseverance in your own life? Have there been times when you have been persevering through a difficult season, and then finally you've come to a place where all of your hard work pays off? And maybe you've had a, a similar experience to mine, maybe going back to school, um, or maybe there's bigger things on your mind, like dealing with an ongoing illness. I know so many people who have long-term COVID recovery. It's, it's just on and on and on. Or maybe cancer treatments that you're dealing with, or even little health issues that just seem bothersome every single day. Maybe ongoing issues at work, Perhaps a big project that you're like, this is hopeless, I'm never going to finish this project. Or even grieving. Grief can be a long season of perseverance. I'm sure we've all had times in our lives when we've been trying to persevere and press on to the next season where we hope there will be some excitement or some relief. And I think we definitely see this perseverance in the journey of Paul in the book of Acts as he travels from place to place, bringing the message of Jesus Christ to people. So over the last several weeks, we've been walking with Paul as he's traveled from place to place to place, sharing the gospel, telling people about how Jesus Christ is the Messiah, how he came to bring the final deliverance for sin through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. He's literally been on a mission. Like, this isn't a vacation for him. <laughs> this is him on a mission to spread the news of Jesus. And you know, we always joke about the list of all the random names of places that Paul goes, and here I am, I'm going to share all these random places with you. But, like, just in the last few chapters, look at all of the place that Paul has been and with some of his ministry partners. So, in Acts 14, he went to Iconium, Lystra, Derbe, Antioch, Pisidia, Pamphylia, Perga, Italia. I'm probably not pronouncing these right, but we just keep going, okay? Acts 15, he went to Jerusalem, Phoenicia, Samaria, back to Antioch, then Syria, and Cilicia. Acts 16, he went back to Derbe, Lystra, Phrygia, Galatia, through the province of Asia, Mysia, Troas, Macedonia, Samroth, 
Samothrace, Neapolis, Philippi. And then now we're in Acts 17, where Paul passes through Amphilopolis and Apollonia, where they come to Thessalonica, which Andrew preached on last week, and now we get to Berea. And I just couldn't help myself but to look at a map and think, where all has Paul been? And where is he going? And so this is just a picture of like all of Paul's entire missional journeys. And you can see all the random arrows that he is going. Like he's gone from down south in Judea and Jerusalem, all the way through Syria and Cilicia, through Asia, up to Philippi and Macedonia, even across the seas to Sicily and Italy. I mean, this man, he's at work. He is going and going. And like I said, this is just not a vacation for him. Like, he's been traveling a lot. And for me, when I've been traveling a lot, like, I'm okay for a short period of time. And then I'm just ready to go home and get back to normal life and rest. But no, look at Paul and all of these places he went. And I imagine that there were just great times of weariness, great times of challenge, challenging things. I mean, think of all that Paul has been through. He's been challenged by unbelievers. He's been stoned and left for dead. He's had to flee places in order to avoid being killed. He's been thrown in prison and put in chains. He's been stripped and beaten. Even people who Paul converted to Christianity were placed on trial and in prison and beaten or even killed, which was a great weight on him and a grief that he had to carry. And yet, Paul continues to do what God has called him to do, despite the hardship and the challenges along the way. He continues to preach the good news of Jesus to the Jews, the Gentiles. As far as he can go for, as long as he can, he has been persevering from city to city and does not give up on following his calling to proclaim the good news. And so today in our Acts reading, this is... The first thing we see um, is that Paul and Silas arrive in Berea. And this is after fleeing from Thessalonica, where we heard about these mobs and riots happening because these people did not like Paul and his message. And I think it's interesting that um, the name Thessalonica means victory of falsity, which is very fitting for the false prophets and the people who would rise up and try to fight against Paul. But then Paul arrives in Berea, and Berea means well-watered, which is a name fitting for the people that he encounters in this place. So Paul arrives in Berea, and what does he do? He doesn't decide to just sit and rest, put up his feet, take a breather. No, he does what he's always done, and he goes to the synagogue. He keeps on doing it. And let's just pause there. Like, how many of us, after going through what Paul has been through, would just continuously to keep going. Like, I don't care what I've been through. I know what I'm doing. Let's just keep going. Probably not many of us. I know I'd want to give up and just settle down. Maybe find someplace safe for a while till things calm down. But not Paul. He keeps going. And he goes straight to the synagogue, where the people are. And the synagogue, it was a place of worship for the Jews, kind of like how we have a place of worship here. And it was a place to be instructed in the Holy Scriptures a place to worship, and so that's where Paul went, where the people were. And being a Jew and a well-known student of the scriptures, Paul was likely invited to participate in the synagogue service, and 
It gave him the opportunity to share about Jesus Christ. And so as we continue reading in our Acts reading, um, in this place where there are well-watered Jews, um, we find that they are of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see what Paul, if what Paul said was true. So remember those Jews in Thessalonica, how they didn't believe Paul, formed a mob, were ready to come after him. It ultimately caused Paul to flee at night. Well, now Paul has come to a place where there are people who are excited, who are eager to learn. And I can see them just now hanging on every word of Paul as he spoke the truth of Jesus, about how he loved them, how he died on the cross for them, how Jesus is the Savior for the Jews and the Gentiles and the whole world. And I can see Paul in his heart just being like, hallelujah, like, yes, this is great. People are responding to this message. But then we continue reading in verse 13. And just when we think things are going great, it says, but when the Jews in Thessalonica heard that Paul was preaching the word in Berea, some of them went there too and started agitating the crowds and stirring things up. I mean, come on, give Paul a break, people. And so I, I was thinking, how far is Berea from Thessalonica? Well, Berea is about 50 miles from Thessalonica. So that would be like going from here in Story City to the south side of Des Moines, which according to Google Maps would take about 20 hours of walking. Those people apparently had a lot of perseverance too because they traveled about 50 miles, 20 hours either walking or on some sort of animal riding just to go stir things up again for Paul. And I'm not going to give away next week's sermon, but Paul continues on his journey to Athens, which is more perseverance um, with idol worshipers. So there are two themes that I really pick up from this passage, which is the perseverance of Paul, which we've touched on a lot, and then the eagerness of the Berean Jews. So first, Paul. He would clearly do anything or go through anything in order to share the message of Jesus Christ. And I can't help but think, how could he do that? How could he just keep going? Well, it's because Paul had a firm foundation. Paul knew Jesus Christ. He knew what the truth was. And in 2 Timothy verses, or chapter 4, verses 2 through 5, Jesus, or Paul was writing a letter to Timothy, and he said, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. So Paul displayed, even just in his the way he preach to other people and encourage other people, he obviously had great patience, and especially with the people that he encountered on his journey. And Paul stood firm in the truth and persevered because he was prepared, because he had great patience. He carefully studied the scriptures. He knew the truth. He had experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he was like the wise builder from our 
Matthew reading today, who built his house on a rock so that when the rain came and the wind blew and the floods rose, he could stand firm on what he knew was true. The second theme was the eagerness of the Bereans. And so Paul knew that there would be people that he would encounter along the way who had, would have itching ears, is kind of what it was described as, to hear only what they wanted to hear. But the Bereans were not like that. The Bereans were eager to hear about this message, learn from it and embrace it, to discover the truth. And so their ears were itching for the truth and ready to build their house on the rock, just like Paul. So let's think about this for a moment. These Jews were really faithful Jews. They studied the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. They attended synagogue. And then here comes Paul with his message about Jesus Christ. And instead of saying, we don't want to hear it, they were saying, hmm, I'd never thought about it that way before. Let's keep studying this together and dig in this together and see if what you're saying is true. So earlier this year, I was in a class called the History of Israel, and we were specifically studying the Old Testament, which these Jews of this time would have known. And my professor was proficient in Hebrew, um, could read it, write it, everything. Um, and he had spent some time in synagogues with Jews. And he explained to our class that going to synagogue was a lot different for Jews than going to like a Bible study here in our Christian context, in our Christian churches. Because in this synagogue, debates and arguments were allowed. People with different interpretations of scripture were encouraged, like, let's talk about this. Let's wrestle with this together. Debate was welcomed, and it was okay if people didn't disagree. Sometimes they might give a snark remark, and then you move on and be like, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep wrestling with this. Let's keep studying. Whereas in our world today, we often take what we want to know from the Bible and say, okay, this is going to apply to my own truth, and outside of that, I don't want to hear it because I know what I believe is true. But for us, the challenge, like these Berean Jews, is to pause and say, hmm, maybe there's something more here. Maybe there's a new truth that I haven't really dug into or uncovered yet. They would study and uncover the truth of the scriptures together and wrestle with it together. And that's okay for us to do too. We often get offended when somebody presents a new idea or argument that may challenge our traditions or I, our ideas of truth, and we close our ears off to these things and decide what we want to be true, and that's it. But Paul challenges these Jews, and he says, don't just take my word for it. Let's study the word together. Let's wrestle with this together. Let's examine the scriptures together and see what truth we can find. And the result was beautiful in that these Jews... Many of them, prominent men and women, came to know that Paul's message was true, and they decided to become followers of Jesus. So I want to present some closing thoughts to you. Where are you at in this passage? Where do you find yourself? Are you like Paul, who is in the middle of this time of persevering through something challenging, waiting for an end result? Maybe waiting for safety, waiting for belief, comfort, peace or encouragement? Are you like Paul in Berea where he meets these Jews who are receptive and it's like Paul's exiting this time of persevering, even if it's just for a short time, where he's able to refresh and rest and learn 
and enter into what God has called him to do? Or are you like the Jews, these Berean Jews who were eager for more, saying, Lord, I want to know more. I want to study more. I'm searching for answers. Help me, Lord. I want to find your truth. Hopefully you're not like the Thessalonica Jews who are just like, no, this is not okay. Maybe you find yourself there sometimes. I know I have. But for me right now, I am at the end of a difficult season of persevering, and now I am eagerly awaiting, what's next, God? What do you want, Lord? What truth do you have to teach me next? So wherever you find yourself on this journey, I want you to know that you're not alone. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he gave you the Holy Spirit, and he is your advocate, your helper, your guide, your intercessor. And this Holy Spirit walked with Paul. This same Holy Spirit walks with you today. And so Paul's encouragement to others was always pointing to the Holy Spirit. So I want to share a couple passages with Romans to share with you to close us out. So in Romans 5, verse 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. And then he says, For those who are led by the Spirit, of, the Spirit are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So wherever you find yourself today, know this. You have been given hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are not put to shame by the Holy Spirit for wherever you are in your journey. You are not cast aside by God, but you are loved by God. You belong to him. He is your father, and he calls you his child. So I want to end with a little blessing over you from Romans 15, 13 that says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your faith so that in the power of the Holy Spirit you may be rich in hope. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the reminder of hope and joy that you fill us with. That in times of struggle that you do not abandon us, you do not put us to shame, but you love us right where we are at, and you call us yours. Lord, increase our faith today. Bring peace to our worry and fear. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, would you fill us with such a rich hope that it can only be explained by you, Lord. And in the coming days and weeks ahead, would you bring us to a place of longing to know you more and wanting to experience your Holy Spirit just as Paul did. In Jesus' name, amen.